Tell me something, <laughs> I wanna have discussions Talk so deep that we get upset But we still smiling when we're touching Like, like, tell the truth Does your heart bleed red or blue? Did you really walk in them shoes? Or was you sharing fake news? Wait, nah, we don't do Facebook Hello and welcome to episode one of the Pursuits podcast Starting with an absolute banger The very humble Loki I got to sit down and talk all sorts of stuff with Loki. We dive into his experience with Northampton's war games, growing weed and romantic strolls on moonlit nights. I have to say a huge thank you to, to Loki for bearing with me while I figure out what the fuck I'm doing. As you'll see if you're watching, the camera had some issues. So yeah, we kind of lose that for a bit at times and then completely towards the end hopefully i'll sort that out as time goes on hopefully that won't happen in next episodes anyway lockdown's ending soon so hopefully i can get out and film some more episodes and get those out but for now here's episode one with loki enjoy yeah all right Oh, we started. Uh, yeah, well, I've got everything recorded. Now I'm just like. Do we need to be facing the camera or like oh, towards it? I don't know. I've, literally, I've got no idea. I'm just gonna. Um, Is it filming now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm just, cool. I'm just gonna freestyle and see what happens. And all right. Hopefully, it all comes together organically and. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Buzzing. Yeah. Are what we, we What are you calling this podcast? So I'm thinking I might. When it actually happens, I'm going to call it Pursuits. Pursuits? I really like it. It just jumps out. I like out. that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pursuits. So maybe the Pursuits podcast. Pursuits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It maybe needs a little word in front of it, like just to sort of like odd pursuits or... Odd pursuits. Or something maybe, that... Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just to give it a bit of a... Yeah. A double kick. Well, because I, I want to call the shop uh, Pursuits, I just... That's all I want it to be, just pursuits. So, I don't know, something so that it's not just like the shop name, it's kind of lazy, isn't it? What about Nocturnal? No, it's a bit long, Nocturnal Pursuits. I like it, though. You like that? Yeah. Nighttime Nocturnal Pursuits, or something like that, or... Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. No, honestly, it's... Oh, man. <clears throat> Sorry. I'll... Mate, honestly, I'll... Sutty a blowing load of fucking smoke in your face. It's not very polite, is it? Don't worry, my girlfriend smokes. I grew up in a house where everyone smokes, so... Oh. Not, not be... I'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, carry on, man. Let's see, carry on, carry on. Okay, right. cool, man. Yeah, that would that, be sick. So, you're going to put a brand on the podcast and then... I'd love, I'd love to see you do like lots of interviews with local writers if That's you want to do that. I do and then like when we're obviously getting about and meeting people, it's perfect, perfect thing. Just even if it's just like a story, yeah. Just grab her and just be like, look, one story, let's go. We were talking about um, me and Mose were talking about that um, at the next Wall Games that we should get you an area where you can do video podcasts and people can drop in and we'll get all the writers that are coming. Yes. to come and have a chat with you. That'd be sick. And we'll get groups and individuals to come in and do conversations and it'll be, sick. because everyone's on buzzing and on that vibe, you'll get some decent 
yeah buzz little conversations that you know 30 second two minute interviews out of people and yeah that'd be sick yeah i was yeah, just thinking yeah. that could, could be quite good if you're up for that i'd be well keen yeah there you go let's make this so happen that could, yeah that could be an extension into next year yeah sweet cool, sweet man. so yeah well, what's the plans for uh for next year very exciting yeah. I'm not going to go. That's the only thing I should really sort of like give away, really, isn't I? Because okay. everything else is going to be a bit of a surprise, but we've got some really good shit planned. Yeah. Yeah, just you wait. Yeah, we'll tell you. We'll tell you. Sick. Anyway, it's going to be deep. Well, I guess if somebody's watching this, we should talk about war games. Yes, we probably should. We definitely should. Probably the only thing that I've got that's any worth talking about, really. Nah, <laughs> I, I think you got you got stuff to talk about. Maybe, maybe all games, all games is a, a good start. I think I'm very proud of it, and, yeah. and and it was really, really. Um, I think everyone that has been involved in it is just fucking awesome. Mm. It's just been fucking brilliant. Yeah. I, I, there's not a time I think about it when I think, oh, we could have done this, we could have done that. The whole thing, just for me, start to finish, everything about it, I love yeah. the vibe, everybody that painted, the effort they put in. Um, just just really really super super stoked and happy about it I couldn't be more proud of it it's just yeah I'd be proud if I don't know if that's on camera but the Wargames banner which um, our good friend Penn's designed yeah I'll um, make sure to get a shot if it's not yeah man just a solid team effort so the whole crew right or die crew and and the affiliated people putting the whole thing together just smashed it out of the park mm-hmm. in a Covid year when everything yeah, else is getting cancelled this is it because yeah, I mean obviously yeah, first year life's normal so like it's difficult enough surely to set it up it was during that crazy I mean the first year was a bit of a gamble and, and, and it was as you remember like when we first did it it was a can we can we even make something happen yeah and it was just great and it was like you know and everybody loved it and then the second year Everybody was geared up to have a real banger, but then we had to have us, you know, one hand beyond our back because of the fucking virus. Yeah. And for that reason alone, it was just harder. But we still made it happen. Everyone had a good time. <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> like, mate, every time I think about it, I just it always makes me smile. Just, yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. Was it perfect? No. But did did it go down? Did we make it happen? Because nothing else has happened this year. Fucking hell. Everything's been cancelled. Yeah. That's the one thing I've actually seen happen. I said, well, I said that. Cheltenham Paint Festival went ahead. Okay. And the London Mural Festival, they had like an, about 100 artists painting, decent writers painting as well. Damn. So there have been some spot events that people have managed to get. Yeah, but there's not been many. No. Not no. been many. But I'm super proud of it. And Northampton, yeah. God knows it needed it. Yeah. God knows <laughs> we needed something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's not... I mean, I, I love Northampton like a lot, a lot. Yeah, you're, but, pa- you're, 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 pa- you're, you're passionate about it a lot. We, we both are. There's not many yeah. people locally that are as passionate about it. There's an easy to familiarity breed contempt and start to hate where you live. Mm, yeah. It's easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. It's yeah. really easy. To, and I'm sure it's the same in lots of like small middle England towns up and down the country. Yeah. I'm sure it would be the same anywhere. Like even people in London, I'm sure yeah, yeah, there's yeah. people got to be sitting there just going, "Oh, this is shit." But, Maybe not London, but <laughs> I bet there is. There's a lot going I bet on. There's in London. somebody. You're right. Somebody there's a lot sitting of, there saying that. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot more politics there. But in, in like, but I mean, just for the fact that you know, um, what were we saying about Northampton? Yeah, being, just being uh, just being and propping it and being yeah, it, yeah. 
being proud of it. I'm, I'm super proud of our town. So it is a shithole. But it's our shithole. Exactly, exactly. Do you know what I love about it though? Yeah. It's, it's proper underdog. Like nobody ever expects anything. So when you do something, it's like, yeah, it's sick. That, that, that's like, a really good point. It is I like an underdog it. town. That's a really good analogy, Rob. It's how I've always thought about it. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, that's the sickest shit. Like, who doesn't love an underdog? But I've, I've, I remember when I went to college here, you know, I've lived, how old am I now? I'm, I'm you know, I'm 44, 45 next year. I'm old. And I went to college here when I was 16. Damn. So I've seen a lot of change in this town. Like, I, when I first, you know, used to go out when I was a teen, you know, just going out, starting to go out when I was 17, 18. Yeah. There were some clubs here. Like, yeah. proper old-style clubs. There was Ritzy. There was The Zone. You used to have to get up. You used to have to wear smart shoes. You used to have to wear a shirt. You had to, you know, you couldn't just go in there in jeans and trainers. Yeah. There was those sort of places they'd turn you away. Yeah. Those sort of places still existed. They don't anymore. There's one of them in uh, old GX. The, uh, GX, they in the what, in the bowling alley. Yeah. So where we put, okay, so in Northampton, we should explain. Yeah. Okay, so GX in <laughs> Northampton is um, it used to be known as GX Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's a unit at the end of this retail park, <clears throat> which is really familiar to the local graffiti community in Northampton because that's where our local legal wall is. Yeah. So next to it, so when everybody says they're going to paint at GX. Yeah, it dates back to when it used to be called GX Super Bowl when that used to be there, and that was the that was the thing that it used to be. It's long gone. It's like a habitat or a furniture shop now. Yeah, yeah. But in the nineties, that was a bowling alley. Yeah, and they used to have a bar upstairs, and it was a club. They also did a club night. Mad. And I I I got absolutely smashed out of my mind in there on sambukas. <sighs> And um, never again. It's one of those nights. You know when you have drink nights where you pick a drink that you've never drunk before and you never go back to it? Yeah. That's what GX Super Bowl was for me. Shit. Sambuca hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, just evokes man. all that memory of like, being sick Sambuca smell. Anyway. No, no. GX. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was a, that was like a sort of cheap club. Yeah. But it was a bowling alley. Yeah. Really. They were yeah. just diversifying and making a bit of money on the side and having a bit of a bar club night then. Oh, mate, fair play. But yeah, that was that that was a good spot, and there was like there. Yeah. I mean, before I used to go out a bit older before me, there was a place called Top of the Town, which was this weird. Do you remember Top of the Town? Opposite the Sound House is a big plastic looking building. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it came out of a funfair. Yeah. The building, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like years later, after it was derelict, they found people growing <laughs> weed and shit in it. <laughs> That's that. That's so good. But in the eighties and like early nineties, that was a club. That was a pucker fucking club. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And so Northampton the... used to have that sort of nightlife here. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have any of that. And when I was in, like, when I was like, when I got a bit older, like, because um, when I was in my teens, I went to college here. Yeah. Then when I became sort of late teens, early twenties, I moved away and I went. I went. I lived um, in Oxfordshire in a, in a town called Banbury. Yeah. And I lived there for a few years. Um, I used to work for the rally, the Subaru Rally Team. Sick. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I used to work it. It was a boring job where I worked it, but it was a cool company. Yeah. So like I worked in the purchasing department, ordering all the parts. Yeah. And because I would just order whatever everybody wanted, everybody fucking loved me and they wouldn't go to anyone else. They'd just come to me and go, can, can you get me this? I'd be like, yeah, you can have that million pound engine. Brilliant. And I fuck- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, so I love that. And that job, that was a wicked job. And, um, 
it was just cool because the whole thing was you work for a racing team the whole thing was about racing fucking cars and fast and of course everybody that worked there was a petrol head all the girls in marketing were fucking fit yeah um it was just and you know everyone's on drugs it was just a fucking brilliant job <laughs> it was a fucking brilliant job and i didn't really know what i had really and i sat there but yeah when i lived in banbury after all that shit yeah i could i could talk about that all the time in banbury but it was mostly getting pissed taking loads of speed and fighting in pubs damn yeah it was a fucking weird time yeah. um, anyway i can uh, at the end of that period before I left Banbury uh, I, I, I um, uh, I'm to think who's going to be watching this so uh, I should tone my I should temper my language uh, I, I met a girl and I, and I got pregnant oh and so um, I'm 24 yeah and so when I realised I was going to have a baby Banbury didn't feel like a place that I could raise a child because I've just been basically fucking about well just doing ridiculous shit <laughs> and getting into lots of trouble and if I stayed there then I would have continued to be in that um, environment so I consciously said I'm going to have to fucking break these links and these friendship circles I've got and move to a different town and the only place I could really go was back somewhere I knew which was Northampton because I've got friends here yeah. So I came back here and I moved here with my newborn baby and my wife, not my wife, my girlfriend <laughs> um, at the time. Yeah. And this is 2000 I moved here. Damn. And I lived in East Huntsbury, which is a district yeah. at the north of Northampton, even though it's called East. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, why is Northampton, that? isn't it? I know, it's <laughs> fucking weird. Uh, and I lived up there behind the fire station and then that's when I came back to Northampton. Damn. And then I was in. Uh, what? How did we get onto this subject? Why am I just rambling? Or hey, it's sick. Okay, I'm loving it. All right. Yeah. Well, and then after I had my first child, uh, yeah. Um, then uh, we moved out of East Huntsbury and I moved into town. I moved into Kingsthorpe and I lived there. And so I wasn't into graph then. No. Not even thinking about it. No. Didn't even know about it really. Wasn't looking at it, didn't see a tag and think, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. so. No, no Never fucking heard. conception, completely unaware. Of, well, I knew Graph existed. Like, yeah, you'd see it around, yeah, but, but it weren't on the radar yet. It was not on my radar, it was not in my field of vision. I wasn't looking at it, I wasn't checking for it. There wasn't such a thing as street art there. Nobody was talking about painting in the streets, really. No. Back then, right? And so, um, I was making music, so I was I was um, I was making beats, and I was making and I was singing in bands. Damn. So I was making um, so there's two things I love. I love like well, I love lots of different types of music. Like yeah. you know, like, I, I like everything from, and mostly that stems from sampling music because I listen to lots of music to be able to work out what I like to sample to then make it into beats. So I like everything classical to soul, yeah. funk, you know, for Turkish fucking. <laughs> folk music hip-hop everything and anything yeah. if it was good music I got into it and so the extension of that my world was music so I wasn't looking at art I wasn't looking at um, uh, any of that the graph was not in my um, 
world. But hip hop was, and I really understood hip hop. And Amazing. well, I say I really understood hip hop. That's a really fucking ridiculous thing to say. I loved hip hop. I loved the whole idea, the culture of it. Yeah, you know, I'd written on walls. You know, when I, when I was in my room at home, I had fucking hip hop written on my wall in marker. Oh, right. I fucking deck my fuck. Yeah, I'd written. I'd done pictures of like. So I was doing stuff without really even thinking that there was a thing to do. Proper organic. I was just. It was just yeah. doodling. I was yeah, just yeah. doodling, but without going. Oh yeah, that's graph. I could do that outside yeah. never made the connection Damn. but I was always into hip hop and then I used to go to um, shout out to Markski uh, Funk by Funk um, and, 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 and um, B and Stan and, and Stu um, all the local crew I used to go to a lot of gigs yeah. so we would specifically go out of our way to go to London to go to Birmingham to go to Manchester to go Sick. we would go up and Traveling. down the country specifically to go and check basically hip hop acts that's sick you know my early when right. I was when I was a teenager and doing loads of speed and that I was, I was into rave and going and fucking hanging out in woods and going to the railway lines yeah yeah and just going to all the free parties and doing all, that, all, doing all that shit but when I got older you know the guys that I went to college with when I come back to Northampton yeah yeah I started listening to more hip hop again because the guys I was hanging out with Bambi, they weren't into hip hop they were into indie and fucking so I was going to Glastonbury and fucking Reading Festival when I was there and fucking going yeah. a lot of rock based stuff yeah. and that's sort of where I got my rock here and started thinking about rock music yeah. which is where I started singing I never made I never started singing soul or rapping or anything like that I did I sang in rock bands and I made hip hop beats cool and that, that sort of always has been my sort of when, when I was in my 20s that's what I did yeah for, for you know up until uh, I split with my missus yeah the, the mother of two children then two boys I'd had a second child at this time so I've got two boys yeah um, so these they, so I, I picture the scene you've got an eight year old I've got a a five year old um, making beats I'm singing in bands I'm growing weed yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fucking trying to hold down a full time job. Yeah. My ex missus is just, a, you know, we're not getting on. There's a yeah. lot of animosity there. <coughs> it wasn't a good relationship. I was in a pretty shitty cycle of, you know, just fucking um, going to work and fucking being depressed and having suicidal thoughts and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it got it got fucking awkward and fucking. And I realised I wasn't in a happy place and I realised I had to make a change. So when I made that change and I moved out of the family home and I got myself somewhere else to live, yeah. which wasn't an easy thing to do. And by the way, when I moved out, I still paid for everything. Damn. So I left my ex-missus and the kids in the house, no change, paid all the bills, paid the mortgage. I gave her two grand a month in cash. What? She was not fucking left in any bad situation right she was actually Damn. better off without me right yeah and i kept that up for a year yeah. of giving her that money and slowly had to start reducing it because you can't just you know that's stupid, yeah, right? that's yeah no so i went over and above yeah. what i was supposed to do i still got shit for not you know for not being a good dad for not um what the fuck? yeah she's just a you know it's well, I'm not going to speak of somebody that I don't need no, to talk about no, like that anymore because I'm well enough. past it. But at the time, I would have called her all sorts of names under the sun. But that's just what you do when you're in a hot relationship like that. What? Yeah, when you're in that situation. You're just angry at each other all the time. You want to kill each other and, you know, throwing shit at each other and trying to actually take each other out is not a good relationship. No. No. So, <laughs> that said, um, I recognise that she was a good mum to, you know, to my sons. And for their stability, for their sanity, I saw them every weekend. 
That's good. Yeah, I had them every weekend. I gave her all this money. I gave her all this resource, and basically, she didn't want for anything. And you know, no. got it to a point was there was never a point where she didn't get any money from me. She always had money on time every month, Damn. so I never made it difficult. Yeah. That said, I still had to go to court to get access to my kids. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Right. So, so I went through all this anyway. This put me up like when I was going through all this. Um, I was in a really good band, a, a, a local band called My Coma. I love that band. Yeah. And yeah, and I loved it so much that I couldn't ever see myself doing anything with anybody else and like singing with anybody else or even bothering to put the effort in to try and, you know, build up another band or like group of people together that was so tight knit that we were so like, well, we're, you know, making yeah. good music together. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't from the energy to go and invest in trying to do that again and all the local bands I thought was shit and there was nobody that I really wanted to sing with and I was like fuck this I'm not going to make music anymore and I stopped That's fucking making beats and yeah. I started a business okay so I started a company I went off I went look there's a lot of change going on I need to make more money um uh actually I, just, I tell you what, I started that business just before I left my ex-missus Okay. I started it and because she was being really difficult and I was trying to make a go of this it became impossible I was like look I'm trying to earn money here to pay for this family anyway details 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 I yeah. started that business before I left but as I left that business became really quite successful damn yeah nice. so I went from the situation of being super depressed yeah like growing weed yeah and worried about getting fucking nicked all the time yeah and fucking um, turned it around turned it around I, I was mixing with some really like I'll tell you a story about like um, a weed related story about when I was mixing up with the gypsies which is where I nearly got fucking taken out properly taken out Jesus. that's probably yeah that's a scary story yeah the, um, <laughs> uh, but basically um, when my business became successful I, I stopped growing weed I stopped doing silly shit I mean I stopped smoking weed obviously yeah um, but I've not grown it. I, I, you know, I haven't grown it since, and I've never bothered thinking about it because you know that that is a big weight off my mind. Yes, you make good money. Yes, you get nice quality gear. Yes, it's a good quality consumption like level <laughs> you can maintain. Because I smoke a lot, obviously it was helping. But yeah, um, yeah, the stress of doing it is is fucking um, not worth too it. Much. No, it's not worth it. So when I when when I when I did this business and I made a real go of it and 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 it's been you know, I've been doing it for over ten years now. Yeah. It's just incrementally got better and better and better and better. Yeah. Which has meant also I've got more free time. Sweet. So um, it, it, it sort of flipped round to where I was doing this business. I'd stopped doing music. I still wanted to be creative. Yeah. And I didn't really have an outlet. And I was going. I'm bored. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in this fucking office that we're yeah. sat in now. Yeah. You know, running this business, going, what would look good there? Damn. What so would you just have black there? walls? Yeah. And so I started fucking, um, one of the first things I did, or I used to do, was take those, like, the cans over there. Like, I'll fucking get it off. Yeah, sure. So I used to fucking, when I first started painting, because yeah. I was shit at graph. <laughs> I would I would go and bomb a, I would go and fucking bomb and do a load of tags and that and then the, the leftover cans I would do an art piece with sick so I'd take the can and I'd fucking do that and then I'd do it so that I could put it in this office and then I'd look at it and I'd go right I've got to do something that betters that damn and then the whole point was because I'm sat it all day yeah. is I'm then looking around going okay is that the best I can do yeah. or is that the best I can do yeah 
Yeah. Well, surrounded by all the stuff, and this wasn't. This is a lot. Everybody else's now. Yeah. But at the time, it was just mine. I was going, okay, well, shit. I must be able to do better than that, and then I'd start doing other bits and bobs. Sick. So that got me into doodling. Yeah. And 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 started to um, <clears throat> just play around with pens and paint and that. <clears throat> Still yeah. shit at cans. And then, um, and then I linked up with um, pens. Yeah. And coughs. How did that happen? Did you know him already or? No, I didn't. Uh, in fact, I, I started, um, I'll tell you what it was. I was getting the train, I was commuting to London. Yeah. I was getting the Northampton line down to London. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing all up and down the line, Snur and Perk. Yeah. Those are the two names that stood out. Shout out to Snur and Perk, two local kings. Smashed it. Smashed it. All country. Not just all fucking city. People talk about all city. They are all, <clears throat> you know this, all country. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Birmingham to London fucking hammered it. That whole just, line. Yeah. You, if M1. You, all ridi- of it. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous levels. Yeah. Um, maximum respect. So I used to see them all the time and I was like, it started to play on my mind about, <laughs> shit, somebody is got in here at night, they've got onto the tracks, they've worked their way down to that bit of brick that there's no possible way you could climb down to. Yeah. And they've done a couple of bits of painting and... It looks all right. And it looks all right and you can read it at 70 miles an hour. And I'm like, I'm wondering who these people are. And and, and the thought of that, of, of who does this? Who's out there doing this? Yeah. I couldn't get past that thought. That there's know. this community of people out there that are doing shit, yeah, and it's completely, you know, um, it's a proper underground scene. Mm. Like when you think about hip hop, having an un- like when I when I like you know think about hip hop, I don't like mainstream hip hop. I like underground hip hop. Yeah. When I think about art, I don't like art. I like underground art. Do you know I what I mean? I it's a similar it. sort of. Yeah. It's a bit naughty. There's a bit of a subversive nature to it. Yeah. You're not going to go and look at it in a gallery. You're not going to pay five quid to go and see it. If you want to see it, you've got to look at it quickly out of the train window during yeah. the daylight because that's the only time you're going to fucking see it. Yeah. Unless you walk it, blah, blah, blah. So this whole thing started to fascinate me. The whole. It started to become a little bit intoxicating. Okay. And I started to get really fucking fascinated by it. And I remember putting out a note to um, a lad I used to go to school with on Facebook when I was still on Facebook. This is fucking ages ago. This is 10 years ago. And I was like, I'm really interested in graffiti. Yeah. I'm starting to like, you know, I'd heard about street art and Banksy had like started doing stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but... What's this really fucking exciting thing that yeah. I see at the side of the tracks that isn't being done for fucking promotion and fucking fame? Yeah. Who's doing that shit? That's what really fucking fascinated me. So I was like, so I started to get into it and I started to, um, don't forget, I've still got my business head on at this point. Right? Yeah. So I'm totally not thinking about it as a cultural point of view. I'm, I'm an outsider thinking, about, I'm just fascinated about it and just looking in. Yeah. yeah. So I've got no love or attachment to it at this point right okay so this is before i really got it okay so i'm looking at it going how can i make money out of this yeah (laughs) right okay i was thinking um this was me one of my friends i was thinking i'm gonna do a t-shirt business in fact i'll tell you what it was he was really pissed off with his job 
Yeah. And he said, what can I do to get out of this job? I really want to do something. I'd love to do something with you. And because I'm being all entrepreneurial, I went, let's do a T-shirt business. Sick. On the side, okay. right? I said, yeah. double bubble, gets you out of a job. We can do something cool together. Yeah. And we can get some cool T-shirts out there, make a bit of cash on the side. Jobs are good. Right, so that was the idea. Super fucking simple. Yeah. And he said, how can we make it different enough for it to for people to really want to buy it? And I went, well, let's let's get graffiti writers to do what they do on a wall, on a t-shirt, yeah. but do it building up the image using different fabrics so that you have a collage of what they, this was my thought then, right? I was thinking, oh yeah, you can tell somebody what to do and they'll just fucking do what you want, yeah. which is not how it works at all, right? <laughs> so, not graph- graph- I know, I'm like, <laughs> you could just roll up to somebody and go, right, do that for me, specifically how I see it in my head and then make it work. That's just fucking total <laughs> naivety, just fucking stupidity. Um, I'm embarrassed to fucking admit, but that's 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 what it was. So um, so yeah, so <laughs> it's so fucking shit. So we will go through a little bit of that. Though, like, <laughs> well, you gotta start somewhere, haven't you? I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know. It's just fucking. I'll admit I was naive. Right. That's that's how it is. So anyway, so I this was this is what's going through my head. I'm thinking we could do this. But no, I wasn't trying to rate the artist. I was saying that the artist gets the fucking juice of the fucking profit. So yeah. it's a fucking sustainable business. Okay. The yeah. whole thing was about, yeah, I shouldn't say like we're trying to fucking, it was all about like rape and people for money. It wasn't. No. It was about doing a good product, yeah. clever idea, making it like high end fashion. Damn. Okay. Yeah. You know, so you were charging like fifty quid a t-shirt, but it was because of the construction of it. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. But then there'd be a big kickback for the artist. So yeah. basically, we'd pay all the production, we'd pay them a cost for the design. Yeah. And then we'd give them a kickback on the t-shirt as well. So it's a really fucking good deal. That yeah. part of it. Yeah. That 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 side of it. It's just the way we approached it. it was a bit fucking. It was a bit fucking super amateur. Yeah. So that was the idea, and. And again, this is pre me getting into graph like properly, and I and so we were talking about this, and we're like, right, well, let's try and link with some graph writers and artists and see if we can get them to do a design for us. We'll pay them for it. Yeah. Right. So I, I linked with um, uh, a guy I used to go to school with, who was a year older than me. Yeah. And I didn't know it, but he actually was a prolific writer. Oh way. Serious dude. I've got some of his paintings in the house. Oh way. Lovely guy. Uh, I've subsequently built a really good friendship up with him, um, and he, he, he's he's lived in Australia. He's now in Japan, um, and I've had this online pen pal relationship with him. Damn. He's mentored me from that early point about the do's and don'ts about what would be, you know, um, you know, from a writer's perspective. Because I was going, oh, I fucking love this. It's great. Yeah. And when I first told him about this t-shirt idea, he went, "Whoa, you got to be really careful with that." because of the way that people will perceive what you're doing. Yeah. So all that early advice he gave me extended into later on how to paint and how to apply my, my art and all that sort of shit. Anyway, Sick. so he was a great mentor. The other person that I approached, and, and we paid him to do some designs. Right. Yeah, I also paid this guy, O'Poyle, from France, to do these designs at the back up here. Right. That's where these came from. That was a T-shirt design. No way. Yeah, that's a T-shirt design. I've got T-shirts made of that. Damn. It's a hip-hop school thing. I've still got to do it. and I, I, I should pay on it. Uh, I should pay homage to O'Poyle. O-P-O-I-L-O-G. From France. That dude is a fucking proper, proper illustration master. Well, yeah, it shows. This is, that, that's not a print. That's a hand... That's the original. That's fucking mental. The detail on it's astonishing. 
Yeah, it really is. There's a whole separate podcast on just that dude alone. <laughs> um, so, so I paid him. I paid Zach. I paid Aztec. Did I pay Aztec? No, I was talking to Aztec, but I never okay. actually got to a point of doing it. Anyway, yeah. so we started doing this. I got a couple of prototypes made. Yeah. Um, and then we just sort of ran out of steam in trying to push the idea around the business. Okay. We, we, it started off like we were serious about the beginning and we put a lot of effort and energy into it. And we just sort of the idea just lost a little bit of momentum. Um, yeah. And I'd started at this point less being interested about making money as a t-shirt business, but actually I'd started becoming even more curious about the whole, the, 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 you know, the graph and the writing side of it okay. because of the contact that I've made with like, you know, with it's Zach and Aztec and, and, um, and these, uh, and Opal as well. And because I'd been looking around and investing some time and looking for what I liked and what I didn't like, yeah. I'd started to see, you know, a lot more of, of, of what was out there. And so I've taken this really super capitalist approach to coming into graffiti thinking, oh, I'm going to make some money out of it. Yeah. But ended up fucking that off and going, actually, this is too important to fucking... Sick. This needs to be sort of cherished and fucking... It's got the culture in it. Yeah, yeah, you right. can't... I, I suddenly realised I was fucking coming in here, stomping in here with big capitalist footsteps on something that actually needed fucking proper respect. Yeah. And needed to be approached in a really super sensitive way if I was ever going to do it. And then the more I started to look at it, the less I wanted to do the T-shirt business. Okay. And at some point, I bought either some pens or some cans because I, I wanted to have a go. Sweet. So that was the, that was the moment. So at some point, yeah, at some point, I bought like 30 quid's worth of Sigma paint. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even buy this shit anymore. This is like 10 years ago. Uh, I bought Sigma paint and it was like, and it was all right. It was like I still remember it. Now. I've got one can left. Actually, I found it. Like, I thought I'd, I thought I'd used it and bend it off, but I actually had one can left that's still got like a little bit of paint in. Yeah. And um, and they were right colours, and it worked. And I did this big fucking troll under a bridge. I went out. I took these colours. Um, uh, you right? Um, you remember this? Yeah. And I did a big fucking street art style cartoon troll because I was doing lots of like doodling with like characters. Characters was where I was comfortable. You know, so, I like doing my own characters, I like copying characters. So it was, a, it was a rap. I was just like, great, I can take the idea about doing this with a pen, I can use cans and do it on a fucking 12-foot wall. Yeah. And then at the end of it, I can get a photo, and then I can go, oh, isn't that fucking amazing? Look what, I, look what I've done, aren't I clever? That was my whole fucking so, thing, right? Um, yeah. Which everybody's like that when they first yeah. start, right? It's just yeah. like, look what I've achieved. Aren't I a fucking genius? Give me a pat on the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 and it wasn't terribly shit. It was, certainly wasn't letters. Um, and it, was, it's a bit, it was good, man. It's a bit rough around the edges, but it looked like a troll. That's sick. And it's big. I went, yeah. I went big with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, um, and 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 I properly got the bug. Yeah. Like sick. I prop like it. The smell of the paint going out. The whole. Hiding and just the heightened yeah. senses of being in the dark and hearing everything and knowing that you're out and no one else is. Yeah. And and if there is anyone else, you're gonna hear them first because you're being so fucking super stealthy. And because you've got these cans in your back, just the slightest rattle movement in your posture or the way you walk sends a little rattle that you can just get that little audible 
I don't want that noise to get too much, but you know, if, but if you're in the middle of nowhere or you, or you you know you're out late enough and it's there's no one about, this shit doesn't matter. But yeah. that, that whole thing of you know um, all the elements, it's like all, being on a different planet coming together. Yeah, it's like being on a totally different planet. It's like the well, world has been completely fucking like you know when you get a double expo- you know when you get a negative photo yeah. and you flip the exposure. It's like the world is like that when I when you go out and yeah, paint. It's yeah. a completely different landscape for me. I don't know if it feels like that for you. It's and that's what's exciting about it. It's like being on the moon. It's the the escapism, isn't it? It's, it's fucking amazing. It completely takes you out of your whole world and puts you into this separate, kind of amazing, but can be a nightmare world. It's like... It's like a dimension, isn't it? It's like a dimension. Proper. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's, yeah, do you know what? That's probably a better way of putting it. It's like the another dimension it's like a parallel same, dimension it's happening yeah. at the same time but so it's like just the same a, streets that you'll drive yeah, down yeah, 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 yeah. but you'll drive down and you'll see you'll see that wall and you're like damn maybe and then when you go there it's a yes or no like you you know as soon as you get there like is it on is it not yeah that that's just good the, shit it's fucking the best it's the fucking best that 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 for me is 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 major part of it not even the act of painting is just the fucking being out in that environment and yeah. just being out in that dimension and just fucking and bowling around going you know it almost feels like you're you're stepping in in places that nobody's ever been yeah even yeah. though it's probably the most trod footpath or pro- probably you know well trod street in, the, in but at that time yeah. It's like no one else has ever been there. It's looking at it a completely different way. It's, yeah. It's a lot like uh, skateboarding. When you... Yeah. Like, you just... You see the world completely different when it comes to grass. I'm so it's, glad you said that. I was actually thinking about that the other day. That... that That's another great thing about graph. Yeah. And, and what I love yeah. about graffiti writers in general is that... Um, graffiti writers do see the world in a completely different way. Yeah. To, to normal people if you're not into graffiti you won't get it no it's just it won't even register because that's the way you see the world it's a bit like saying you know if you've never taken acid right you're never going to be able to appreciate what it's like until you've no. taken acid and afterwards go oh yeah that's what fucking acid's like <laughs> <laughs> right? you know what I mean well I've never taken acid so I don't know oh we'll take acid I'm... it's just like graffiti <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell you what bro, but what I, mean, what, what I mean is that um like what you just said there about like um uh what, what did you just it's, say it's like just I don't know, it's a different world almost but no it's no the same said, world but what, it's not no no what was the thing you just said a moment ago which before my alcohol <laughs> adult brain took it away from me you just made a really super important point about um right oh they see the world in a different way yeah, yeah they yeah. see the world in a different way Tilly um there's a couple of writers that really super inspired me in the way that they applied their graph. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about my graph in a totally different way. Yeah. Um, Which writers? Sterling. Sterling. Okay. I don't yeah. know who that is. Sterling London. Sterling London. Billy's good mates with Sterling. Probably know it. He's a lovely, lovely guy from from the time I've spent with him, which has been brief. I've met him a couple of times. I've had a couple of chats. I've painted with him once. We've been. Um, we painted together. And... Uh, just super relaxed, super chilled, but really fucking talented dude. Yeah. And what I really liked about his graph, aside from the fact that most of his stuff is based around his tag, so like like most of his pieces, I'll show you some stuff, 
most of his pieces, like he'll do a tag and then he'll extend his piece based around the shape and form of that big tag. Right? Sick. Yeah. So what what I really liked about it was a couple of pieces, and I can think about them now actually. They did some props to Sterling because you're a fucking G for this. Um, is that he had he would do a piece on a fucking wall that he would do it on the angle so that when he took a photo, it would look like it was running down the banister it was in front of. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean by that? He would basically use the, he, he basically uses the environment and he put his piece on it so that when you take a photo from a certain angle, it, it plays into the space that he's got there. Sick. I can't, I'm probably not doing a very good picture. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I'll give you an example of like where I've adapted that for my own purposes and done something myself. And this sounds fucking poncy because it is. But, <laughs> but I've taken, right. So I've taken that approach to thinking, okay, well, if, if I could, if, if he looks at his graph being put into the scenery in a certain way and it gets laid on there, despite however the layout of the, the fucking wall is, etc., maybe I could, do the same thing and take a position and stand and look at a fucking and, and look at what isn't a flat surface but make it a flat surface and then paint my letters on it yeah yeah so it's okay, yeah. basically um, painting a perspective piece so I've, I've gone up to like a load of concrete pillars that are not at all flat you've seen this you've exactly been there right you mean, yeah. yeah and and got them in a line drawn an x on the floor stood there and gone Right, if my throwy was on that, and if that was a flat surface, the top of it would be there, and that would be there, and, that, and just visualise it and looking at it, and then walking up to the pillars and just marking up the tops and the bottoms of where the letters would be. Damn, right? And, and then stand <laughs> Okay. And then I stand back and go, okay, well, that's where it would be. And then when you're right up next to it, obviously... Fuck it. So, yeah, you put the dots... Where the letters are. Yeah, yeah. So then I'll go up basically, and, and then I'd and then I'd just do because I picked a pillar a letter. I've only got four letters, Loki. It's not hard. Um, <laughs> so I go to the first pillar, yeah. and I put my L up into the space that it looked like from that perspective. Yeah. And I go to the next pillar, and then because it was slightly bigger from where I marked up, I do my O. Yeah. Or, or where, the bit of my middle of the O where it would be. So you just made it bigger and bigger. Just bigger and bigger, and then got bigger and bigger to the end. Nice. And then when I worked out where most of the letters were, <clears throat> stand back and then work out where the fucking throw you should join in. Yeah. Then go and fill it in and then go around and outline it. Damn. But the thing is, that's on like curved things as well. I yeah. just, that fucked me up. That really fucked me up. But that's, but that's where I got the inspiration from Sterling to do shit like that because, um, and that's what for me is about make, makes graffiti more, even more fun because I'm not the best fucking writer. Okay. I can do a throwy, but it's not the best throwy. Okay, I can do a piece, it's not the best piece. I can tag, it's not the best tag, right? But but I'm trying, right, as yeah. everybody is. But when you go and apply it in a way to the environment that isn't expected, and then somebody stumbles across it and stands where you were fucking doing it and goes, and sees what you were trying to show them. Yeah. I think that's a bit more magical than just stumbling across a fucking tag in a decent fucking place sometimes. I, I get that, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's, when a, you, it's a bit of using a, the environment, like to, to like really. It's a bit art to it. It's a no, bit no, art no, but you know what I mean. I fully get it. I fully get it. Yeah. Like, it's taking. It just a, makes me smile. It just it, it's just making a different way to look at it. Yeah. And it comes back to your point about graffiti writers looking at the world in a different way. 
That's the thing that I love the most about it. Whether you like a graffiti writer or not, whether you agree with them or not, or whether you think they're a cunt or not, yeah. the fact that they write graffiti automatically makes them a cool motherfucker. Whether yeah. they're a toy yeah. or not. No, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. W- w- like, you know, from my perspective, because they're already starting to look at the world. They've already taken the red pill and gone, I'm no, prepared to look at this yeah. in a different way. And Do I don't know, know about you, I, I can appreciate when I, like, no matter how... Like if somebody's done something the, the shittest thing you've ever seen yeah. but they've gone out there and they've done it and you know yeah. from experience like going there and seeing like certain spots and you're like yeah. fair play for going there and doing it just the physical act it's, of them being involved in graffiti already yeah. makes them fucking cooler than the average person yeah yeah. yes they've got, then got levels of rungs to go up in the ladder to try and get yeah. better and, and, and you know get amongst their peers but just in terms of being qualified, into, you know, for me, it automatically makes them a fucking a first-class citizen just by wanting to be a graph writer. I get that, yeah. Do you, do you sort of, yeah and I've only yeah, really understood it, this through doing it for the last 10 years. No, no, that's exactly it. Is It does come with experience. Like, I definitely would never have thought that when I first started. I, Don't, it's not even really on your radar, is it? It's no, not, you're not thinking like that. Well, yeah, because you, you just started, so you're all naive and yeah. you don't really know what you're doing. You don't know the world you're about to step into. Like, because it's kind of the same with skating as well. Is you like I, It's my favourite thing in the world, watching somebody when they first get a skateboard and yeah. they're just, they're literally just trying to nice. like push. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. Like, yeah, because you know so the journey they're going on. Yeah, like, especially if, I mean, like me and, me and a lot of my friends, we went through some shit, like, yeah. and it's just like graph, like, yeah. when you're out at night and you're just trying to get this one thing, but then some fucking crackhead's rolling up on you, trying to rob you, and you're just there, like, I'm just trying to skate these stairs, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> and then security guards come out, and you're like, oh, it's, it's chill, there's security, it's fine. But then they chuck you out, and then you're just out in the fucking world with this fucking mad crackhead who's trying to rob you and like stab you up and you're just like oh shit that's exactly the same in graph world you just you like you can be going through some mad place and you're like oh that's alright it's three o'clock in the morning there's nobody about and you're rolling down an alleyway like think you're the sickest guy and then there'll be a group of people and you're like well that's not good (laughs) yeah this yeah. just went. This just went south. Yeah, you're just like, I'm not a. I'm not a bad man at all. Oh no! But sometimes you. I don't know. Those experiences are sick. But like, that's what keeps that's, the heart racing, right? It keeps us alive. But what don't don't you think it's? Here's a question for you. Don't you think it's funny that? And maybe it's more so in the last um, ten years, perhaps. Because I can't. I can't say that this was a, this something that I've seen before that in the early days of hip hop, particularly in the 90s. Was there ever like a major link? I thought, oh, maybe I'm talking shit because I don't know. I wasn't even into graph then. But the the link between skating and graph, not 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 from a music perspective in graph, but actually, has anybody ever drawn the link between skaters and graph? Because there's definitely one there. That I think it it must just be because of the similarities. Is it because of the skate parks get graphed and therefore graph writers and skaters hang around near each other? Is that maybe a why? Maybe, because I guess... Because that's always been a thing, isn't it? People paint skate parks. Yeah, and I think it's because people must know that it's it's not a lawless place, but it's a very, like, self-policed place. So, like, police aren't rolling in there, really. Not... I've, I've seen it happen, but... Police tend to just leave you to it, and 
for the most part, the rest of the world will leave you to it. If you're in a skate park, it's like when you're in a skate park, you feel like you're in a in a little bubble. It's it's a weird one. We used to have a skate park when I when I grew up in the small town I grew up in. Um, um, yeah. yeah, back in the day, one of the local kids who was at my school, I was in his. There was he had an older brother and a younger brother. Yeah, and I, he was in my class at school, but his dad was like. It was, it was, I don't know what, he did, like metal fabricating or he did, or he was an engineer. Anyway, he did something where he, he could do shit on a big scale. So he made a metal ramp for the kids of the town. No way. Put it on a, a fucking half pipe. With oh, a fucking, metal. With a spine and a fucking, out of metal. What? A fucking pucker metal ramp. Not wood coated, metal. Absolutely welded to, fu- it was... It was insane. So That's when you talk, yeah, it was fucking savage. And he and he put it on a fucking disused tennis court at the back of the junior school. Yeah. And he went, there you go. What the fuck. Yeah. Now I, I I don't know enough details to know why he did this. Whether he got paid for it, whether it was a grant that he got, or whether you know he just did it off his own back, and that was the only space that the council gave him because he couldn't put it in his back garden. Either way, this was a fucking. You had a six foot drop in vert vert ramp. Into yeah. a spine with a little dropping ramp. What the fuck? Tennis court. So that was where we spent most of our fucking weekends yeah, when I was a kid. Sick. And like you say, it was like your little lawless spot because it was out of the way. It was the back of a junior school. The only way you were going to get there was walking to it across the fields. Yeah. So no police see. are going to fucking go there. No. That's where I learned to smoke. <laughs> that's, that's where oh, we used wow. to throw aerosol cans in a burning fucking bin. <laughs> Yeah, standard, standard. That, that, yeah, yeah. That, and that's where that's where all manner of fucking fuckery went down. And that's actually that's where I met Zach Freshwater, who then went on to inspire me later on as an artist. When he used yeah. to be a skater, oh, right. I used to hang around as a skater, and he was a year older than me. And he's yeah, a couple of years older than me. Yeah, <coughs> and he would go down and skate, and he was obviously. You know, I was a fucking dorky little fucking kid hanging around with a wide fishtail board from fucking Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah. He's got a fucking board that's handmade with fucking wheels that are pummeled into the ground through fucking miles of riding. Different fucking levels of fucking, you know, um, coolness. He was way cooler than me, so he's fucking... (laughs) So he didn't know who I was, but I I met him through that. And it's weird then that fucking... 30 fucking years later he's supporting me and getting into a fucking graph zone that he was in then it's crazy that's fucking weird that's crazy it's fucking weird yeah what the fuck yeah but that's the thing isn't it culture just it fucking pulls people back like I don't know it's a weird one like it it pulls people together but like I don't know like people that I, I was I'm not really too good with people from school but I don't really like school that much but there's people that I went to school with that are like I can talk to them on a level about graph or like skating or whatever like it's crazy but like I would never really have spoke to them at school because I just you know they were doing whatever they're doing and I was just like loner kid just stayed on stayed just doing my thing It, it gives you a common language though doesn't it yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the best people I've met, like, and don't get me wrong, I have got some good friends that I didn't meet through Graph. Yeah. Um, but, but the people I've met that I've met through Graph or have painted with, yeah, have been some of the some of the like best people I've ever met. Yeah. You want to put yourself in that in that camp included, and I mean that from a perspective of not just being people that I respect, but people that are genuine 
that are, you know, uh, actively... Um, uh, you trying know. to do stuff. Yeah, people have this perception of graffiti writers being fucking ignorant fucking idiots just going out and causing damage. That couldn't be further from the fucking truth. I completely agree. Graffiti writers are some of the sweetest fucking caring people you will ever fucking meet. Yeah, but also don't fuck with them. But, yeah. No, like, seriously, like, you're right. But but they will they will fight for your corner. Like, they will, oh, fight, yeah. they will back a mate, like, you know, to the fuck it out of a burning building. But, yeah. but like, when it comes to, like, somebody's just painted a piece... They'll be all over them with like little hugs and kisses to go. Oh, you've done really well, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that kind of like little undertone of like, right? You know, we're all a bit weird. Yeah. We're all a bit dysfunctional. Yeah. We're all a bit kind of like disjointed and like separated from society. But there's this one community of people that really get each other. Yeah. That go for a really simple act of just damaging something with a pen or a can. Just yeah. a simple act of putting your name up and saying I was here. Yeah. That everybody's on a common level. But I think it, it goes a little bit deeper than just like a normal friendship. I, I think anyway, I, because yeah, normal friendship is people are like go to the pub or they'll go do something and it's like there's no real risk or anything like that. Like you don't you don't need to trust somebody to be in a pub with them. Right. But if you're going to go painting and you're going to go hit a spot where shit can fucking go horrible, like, it can go bad, you need to, you need to know that you can trust that other person, like, and you need to be on the same kind of wavelength because if somebody rolls in there and they're trying to either fuck you up or try and arrest you, you got to know you've got to fuck up out of there, like, and that other person needs to be on that level. They can't be like, oh, well, we can just hang out. It's like, no, no. Maybe, maybe that's why... Maybe that's why I'm so drawn to like the bonds that I've got through graffiti is because of that level of trust that you put in people. Potentially. I think about it a lot, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like... Because like, we all know that anybody could through loose lips go and fucking grasp somebody up. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It could happen like that. Yeah. It just takes one bad apple Mm -hmm. or somebody who doesn't really fucking know what they're doing or somebody that does it out of malice. Yeah. To go and fucking get one or a whole group of people in a lot of fucking trouble. Yeah. And for that reason, I think that's why everyone's guard is, and it has to be, yeah. is up for so long before you really let, and it takes that much longer to build decent relationships up with graph writers. 100%. But once you have, that's it. That's for life. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's what that's how I feel about it, is that you, because you've got to work that much harder on those relationships and, and you've got to give that much more in terms of being able to trust someone like you're sort of alluded to. Yeah, this... then they're much more. They're likely to last much longer. Those relationships. I think so. Yeah. You yeah. much more. You know, much more likely to see. I'm much more. You know, I th- I think about the friendships I've got now. I can easily see me still being friends with you lot. You know, when I'm close to death. Yeah, that's. I feel exactly the same. Like our, our little crew, man. Yeah, it's a yeah, good. Man. It's a solid unit, really. Like when you think about it. Yeah. I, 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 I know we talk about it sometimes, but I do. I really do generally think about it as a family, where yeah. we where, where it's you know it's meritocratous in the sense that there's no one head, there's no one. I mean, I might be the oldest, but I'm not the head. <laughs> You're crew dad. Crew I'm crew dad, dad <laughs> but only by age. There's too many like people in the crew that have like got leadership levels that. Well, I feel like it's like the Wu Tang Clan. 
There's not. I mean, for, actually, that's a bad example because there is a fuck the Wu Tang Clan up. But it's like it's like the Wu Tang Clan on their first album. Yeah. <laughs> like where they all were like, we're gonna split this. You know, we're gonna. Everyone gets their share. Yeah. It's all about supporting each other. It's all about giving you know a level of investment in the skill and the time to build our craft and become better mm-hmm. um, obviously we're not like the best crew in the world and I'll openly say that because we're not the no. best crew in the world from an artistic perspective no but are we the most supportive crew in the world I'd say we're fucking up there I, I reckon 20 I reckon. people constantly backing each other yeah constantly pushing each other forward constantly there for each other yeah on every level that's a proper family yeah, yeah. that's not just a crew man no i I, I agree because I've been in a bunch of crews and none of them have felt like this and yeah. I'm, you see other people like other people talk around like oh yeah we'll get in this crew or like oh yeah we should get some and some in this crew and, and it's like I don't know it's not you can't just like add other people into the into this crew like, I, I don't think they've got a, I don't know if they're the right person that's it they're in the crew it's a super important point because we forget actually yeah. that actually people might see this that are from Northampton that aren't in our crew and thinking, you know, maybe I could be part of that crew. And yeah, we would gla- we would gladly have any writer from Northampton if yeah. if 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 we thought that they could, you know, be be accepted in, into the family and get on with everybody because it's as much about yeah. getting on getting on with everybody. There's no fucking way. I don't care how good a writer you are. If you're a dysfunctional crack addict and you're going to rob off people, you're never going to be in the crew. Yeah, exactly. Ever. No. Flat out. Equally, if you're, and I know I'm sat here drinking whiskey, and I do drink a lot of whiskey, but if you're a raging alcoholic that can't fucking handle people when you're pissed, you're never going to be in the crew. No. Because the whole thing is based on respect and love. But saying that, if, if somebody was to be that and then they're like they're turning it around and you know they're they're on the graph and they're they're really actually turning it around and like fully on the comeback like that'd be sick and I think I'm we'd all, all yeah I'm I think all I think everyone in the crew would be as well and there's there's people that there's there's writers from Northampton I would love to have part of WOD when the time's right. Yeah. And you know what I mean by that? I know exactly what you mean. Like yeah. It's got to be right for us, yeah. and it's got to be right for them. And when the time's right, it'll just be perfect for them to join in and then become part of the family and enjoy being being you know part of that yeah. part of that group. Yeah, it wouldn't work if we just brought them in and everybody went, "Whoa, who the fuck are you?" Yeah, because then you've got twenty people that all of a sudden going, "Do I really want to be in a crew where I don't really understand who that fuck?" You know, who uh, that person is. It's got to be it comes mutually. Comes back to the trust as well. It comes back to it's... the trust, and that's the only reason why it's such a good crew. It's because we've never just fucking added people for the sake of it. No, we've added people because on, on merit, because they're a Northampton affiliated. They're up. Mm-hmm. They've got style and they're sound as fuck. Yeah, those four qualities. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, doesn't matter what you paint. Doesn't matter what you get out of graph. No. Whether you piece, bomb, tag. See, that, that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Like, everyone's kind of, not like everyone's on different things, but not all of us are like, oh, not all hardcore on this this thing, or like, yeah, you've got to do this, or yeah, yeah, yeah. just this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking sick. It's a good mix. Because you can. It's a really good mix. Like, you can draw from each 
each like uh, skill set almost. So, you know, if, we've got if a lot of know, strings to our bow, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. We all do slightly different things, and we've all got different talents. Exactly. It's so sick. when when somebody wants to know how to draw a chicken, like yeah, we've got that. Like yeah. somebody's got that dialed. Like yeah, yeah, they can yeah, help yeah. you out with that. Or if you want to go and paint a panel, that can be arranged as well. Exactly. There's there's levels. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. There's levels. It's great. Not that I will ever or have ever done that. Ah, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if the opportunity arose. I'll go and paint Alfresco Dave's train. <laughs> because I know. Uh-huh. I've still never done it. It's a bit, it's, it's it's a great day out. Dave is yeah. such a lovely. Um, you've been to it. He's a legend. Oh, I love it over there. Love it. Dave, Jackie, Alfie, Alfresco family, you lot are fucking brilliant. The crew, absolutely fucking legendary. They're um, proper safe. Yeah, proper safe. I would paint yeah. a panel if I if if I didn't have a family, and it, and it, there wasn't so much at stake. I would paint a panel. That's yeah. This is. But I'm know. too old and I, I'm too fat to run. And, and I don't eat enough carrots to see in the dark. And I've got fucking thousands of excuses as to why I haven't done it or won't. There's always excuses. Well, but... I got into it too late. If I was, if, and I've said this before, like, I wish I'd found Graf when I was 16. Yeah. But um, I must tell this weed story in a minute, by the way. I must tell this story about um, the trouble I got into then. When yeah. I nearly got fucking shot up. Um, shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. you do yeah. but, but I wish I'd found graffiti when I was 16 because if I found graffiti when I was 16 yeah um, I mean I did live in the sticks so I would have had to be I would have had to move to the, to a city but if I'd done yeah. those two things <laughs> if I'd been a completely different person at 16 <laughs> then I could have painted a panel um, but no joking apart I'd have loved to have done that but I'd, I'd, I'd have had to have done it when I had the energy and didn't have so much at stake and didn't have kids and didn't have the risk factor yeah. you know, I'd still go abroad and do something I've still fucking harboured like ambitions to go and do something and have a bit of a spraycation and do but I just I'm too focused on making money from my business man and that's like at the end of the day Graf is like as much as I love it yeah. and as much as it gives me joy yeah I'm not fucking looking to go and take a week off to go to Belgium and paint a fucking train for an Instagram photo and spend a grand doing it. Yeah, yeah. When I can sit here and earn fucking five grand for my company. Yeah. And fucking go painting at the weekend and do two hours and still be just as fucking happy. Yeah. And and you get to paint with people you know and that is, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got fucking maximum respect for proper people, you know, proper writers that are, and I say proper writers because this is where I see proper writers is that they are painting panels yeah. actively on systems and they're not doing it for Instagram. Yeah. Those people are fucking Gs. Yeah. Those people are doing it purely for the love. They're doing it strictly to maintain the culture and the essence of the culture. Mm-hmm. And like magazines like UK Frontline and like there are some accounts that put these up, but they're not doing it for their own personal Instagram PR. No. And they're not doing it for like stars and badges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those people like fucking. Those people are fucking epic, and I, yeah. you know, the, the couple that I've met here and there, I just fucking maximum respect to those people. Just the time, effort, and pl- those sort of people should be running, you know, secret fucking missions in Afghanistan. Oh shit! Yeah, those people have got that level of aptitude and. They yeah. just haven't been given the time or put uh, aptitude to it to put it into that sort of. But that, 
But that's it's the level really of planning you've got to do to get to that level. Yeah. Well, it's it's coming back to what you were saying earlier. Of, you know, if it's not mindless vandalism. No. Especially at that level, is like if you are a mindless vandal, you're not even getting to the train to paint it. Like, no. not a fucking chance. So, yeah, fair play to anyone who's fucking... I see, I see some of these crews that are going and bombing systems and you see these videos on YouTube and that and you think... Yeah. Uh, it all that runs through my head is like Ocean's Eleven. Like there's this level of like romance around these guys that have got together and have gone like they've got the map, they've got the getaway route planned. Yeah. You know, and not only are they getting in and doing, and they're getting into fucking yards and painting trains, but they're doing fucking amazing like end-to-end pieces and fucking sections. I saw yeah. Arrow did a fucking. This week did a fucking thing with a load of writers in Europe. He did a massive, incredible Hulk thing. These fucking thing on a double fucking. Who's in this one? No. Double car, end to end, incredible Hulk, arrow letters. What the fuck? I mean, this this is like this is like G level status of fucking planning, execution. Um, now, I would love to have the you know the ability, the the free disposable income. The available time, the understanding wife. I would love to have all that shit that would add up to me being able to go and do something like that. Yeah. But fucking hell, those boys doing shit like that is incredible. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to tell this yeah. story now about when I got fucking nearly taken out by the gypsies. Yes. So. Okay. <laughs> so I built myself a grow room under a house I was living in with my two kids and... Um, mine uh, as was then ex-partner yeah this is in um Kingsthorpe okay. um had to decommission the room when I left but it's still there if you went and knocked on this woman's house now that owns it and asked to go and see a cellar she would show you a really strange and confusing room under the house that didn't really make sense <laughs> and would kind of yeah. be in an odd way of laid out as to why things were done in a certain way anyway yeah. I built this room so if you've ever lived in a Victorian townhouse or you've ever been in a typical Victorian townhouse, three-bed townhouse, you know, you go in the front door, yeah. the stairs are straight ahead, yeah. you've got a sitting room, you've got a dining room, and then a kitchen out the back. That's typical fucking Victorian townhouse. Bedrooms yeah. upstairs, right? Okay. Yeah. So downstairs in the cellar, because all these houses have typically got cellars, yeah. most of the time, the cellar, in the Victorian times, to save money, what they used to do was... They used to make the cellar underneath the sitting room. They used to dig out the fucking dining room and they used to push all the rubbish from the house build into the dining room and then seal it up with a wall. Oh. That's why they didn't need to use to have skips. Oh. Okay? okay? So when they used to make these houses, not only was it easier to dig out a smaller cellar, yeah. but you had somewhere to stick all the rubbish under the dining room. That's so good. Right, so look, if you've, if you've ever lived in a Victorian house and done up a dining room, that's why the dining room's got fucking bricks and fucking old bottles of beer underneath it. Because that's where the builders used to stick all their shit, right? Anyway, so what I did was I took down that old wall that divided in the cellar, the, um, the normal cellar yeah. and the dining room cellar, the rubbish pit. Yeah. And I put in a steel beam and I dug all that out and I, f- and I did a concrete shutter. Now, if you don't know what a concrete shutter is, do you know what a concrete shutter is? Uh, no, I It's don't. a building thing, right? Yeah. Basically, you know when you see on building sites, they put loads of plywood up? Yeah. 
and they and they put it up and then they fill inside the mould with concrete. Yeah. And then when it's all set, they take the plywood off. Yeah. Right. I did that in my cellar. Oh right. What I did was I dug it back as far as I could and then I built a big fucking shelf out of concrete and I built this like area and this like almost like a fucking kitchen sideboard that came out the side. Right? Yeah. So imagine that you go down into this cellar, you turn left into it, you've got a normal cellar, and then left, you've got a room that didn't exist. Yeah. Okay? Okay. You with me so far? Yeah. Right. Secret room. Secret room. I then put a wall back up. <laughs> yeah. I put a hatch door underneath it. I plasterboarded it. Okay. And then I put a bookshelf on the top of it. And the shelving unit was actually a secret door that used to lift off. No the shel- way. The shelves were actually... Um, the shelves were like, you used to use the shelves. You put your shoulder under one shelf and you held under the other. And when you did that, the whole panel would unhook from these like things that I put, it's hard to explain, these catches I put in. Yeah. So this whole panel would slide into the wall, basically. What the fuck? Yeah. So basically, I could, I, I got raided a couple of times. I had the police down there and yeah. had the fucking thing running because it was all soundproof. They didn't even fucking know it was there. They just come down. All they see is the little normal cellar that you normally see there. They had no idea that they did this. No way. Right, okay. So you can get basically what I've done. So for about for about six years, yeah. I used this room to fucking turn out some of the fucking best quality weed I've ever had. And I'm saying this as a connoisseur that, you know, and I'm not just fucking bigging myself up because it's easy to do that. But yeah. genuinely speaking... I made some fucking good, I grew fucking good weed, right? Yeah. And I had some, a lot of people tell me that too, uh, that they thought, you know, <laughs> I had one lad who used to live in the dam who, who thought he was a bit tasty and he's like, I'll try it and I'll give him some. He's like, it's fucking like crack. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It was good. Right. It was, yeah, it was crystally, it was strong, it was like knockout fucking levels. Yeah. It wasn't quite Amsterdam levels, but not far off it. Oh. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so I used to turn out loads of this fucking weed. Now, I never sold it in little bags just to fucking bury around the corner. No. No, I used to do fucking, I used to do a couple of keys and I used to drive it to yeah. and I used to sell it to my missus' old mates. Yeah. Because she's from okay. the girl I was with then. Of course. Because she used to have family over there. Yeah. So what I used to do is I used to take a couple of keys every couple of months to and I used to fucking go and do the lot in one go, get a few grand, take it home, and then just fucking go and blow the cash on either um, holidays, clothes, or whatever. Damn. Yeah, so... All cash. Yeah, yeah. So so I was making this journey. Anyway, part of that community um, that were buying from me were pikers. Oh, shit. Right, but I didn't know this. No. Initially. So I just knew this one lad, and his name was... I fucking hell. No, his, his name was anyway he's, he's in jail now Shit. he may be dead now actually but anyway long story short um, he started buying from me yeah now he started selling my stuff to the other pikers that he lived with on the camp okay and word got about and they were going well who's this fucking lad that's getting this fucking super fucking weed oh shit right get him to fucking fucking give us exclusive fucking deals so we get all this fucking supply and then we'll fucking sell it off to the local community this is around fucking around there yeah so I didn't know any of this was going on all I knew is I'm just going in and selling a fucking couple of keys and then basically um, don't tell anyone any of this by the way please keep this a secret 
when I'm fucking selling a couple of keys. And basically, um, it's, it's ending up basically ultimately in the hands of these pikers initially. And they're like, right, we want a piece of this. They want it more than a piece. So they go, right, put a call in, get him to come and have a chat with us. So, right. Oh, shit. Okay. So, am I tying you out? You're right. I'm um, going to sleep well. You're going to be all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. Good. Well, we'll, we'll just do another couple of minutes. I'll just tell you this story. No, no, no. Right. no. All right. So, ba- so, ba- so, <laughs> so basically, um, they go come for a meeting. Yeah. Now, I'm getting, you know, like, you know, a key's like three grand, right? So, I'm doing a couple of keys at six grand. It's, it's started to add up. It's starting to become decent money. Okay. And they go, if we have an exclusive thing and I can turn over enough for them, and I couldn't do it on my own, I had to get a couple of other growers locally as well, to go and sell them a lot of fucking um, bags of weed. Anyway, so they're going, well, blah, 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 blah. I couldn't end up basically giving them enough of what they wanted. So they go, well, just fucking teach us how to grow. Okay. And I'm all fucking excited about growing and being cocky big bollocks and thinking that I'm the fucking bee's knees and go, yeah, that's a really fucking good idea. I'll come regularly and teach you how to fucking grow weed to a fucking gypsy camp. Uh-huh. Right, I'm super naive. Super yeah. fucking naive, right? And I just didn't even fucking question it. So I'm like, yeah, brilliant, kudos. People will think I'm great and they'll go on about how fantastic I am, blah, blah, blah. So great, I'm going to this gypsy camp for the first time. They're like, right show us well actually the first time they came to my house a couple nah. of to come and see my setup nah this is how fucking naive I am right oh, so this is it right so anyway so they're completely sold on it they're like fucking hell we'll do this on a bigger scale yours is fucking tiny we've got a fucking barn we'll do a we'll, we'll recreate what you've done but we'll do it times fucking ten right yeah and you come and fucking help us set out. And I'm like, okay, all right. But I want some cash and I want, you know, give me a cut of the weed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, 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 we'll give you all that. I'm like, yeah, brilliant. Fucking there's the contract. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, yeah, no. right, so you can see where this is going. So anyway, yeah. I go in and every couple of weeks I'm going down and going, right, do this, do that. And to be fair, they did listen and everything I said, they adopted and they fucking... It wasn't like a mission. It wasn't like I was going in and I was having to fucking do it for them. To be fair, they did do it and they got it and they were listening and they were fucking quick. Yeah. Um, And so, like, within a couple of months, they were fucking up and running. What the fuck? Yeah, right. And I'm still fucking friendly with them. I'm still going to visit with them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what then happens is my missus at the time, my ex-missus, her brother was out on a night out. Yeah. And... He was out with his wife, and one thing happened with this. There was a couple of local pikey lads from that camp oh, out that shit. night, and something was said, and um, whatever happened, this one, this pikey lad who he did, he did a roundhouse kick on my brother-in-law and broke his jaw. What the fuck? And then um, and then knocked his fucking missus out as well. What? Right. So um, so so this incident happened while I'm fucking doing this support to the fucking pikey camp that these kids are the family of. Yeah. This is my brother-in-law. Yeah. And all of a sudden now I'm in a fucking awkward position, right? Yeah, yeah. And so my brother-in-law is going to my missus telling me he can't fucking go there anymore. It's all fucking off because he was getting death threats at this point. Oh, shit. Yeah, because he's basically gone... He's basically gone... 
because um, the police have gone he's got a broken jaw blah 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 he's gone I'm going to have to fucking testify and it had gone to court and the pikers are going oh, if you fucking shit. testify so it all got fucking proper hot right yeah yeah because he was going to the police and having to report the fact that he'd been beaten up yeah these guys were going if you go and fucking testify us we're going to kick the fucking shit out so he's getting death threats by extension I'm now fucking in the firing line do you see where this is going yeah yeah so basically I didn't fucking listen to the fucking warning so my missus said to me at the time don't go again that's it draw a line under it you've helped them now if you go back there again there's a good fucking chance that you'll be in trouble because of this situation and I'm like yeah but do you know what I'm not like your brother-in-law and I get on with these guys and all the ones I've spoke to are fucking sound total fucking naivety total fucking naivety anyway so I didn't listen and I went back a couple of times oh no now they they, they, these these pikers they know who's coming and going yeah they know you know exactly what cars are driving onto the lot and who's in them yeah don't be under any illusion that you can drive onto a pikey camp and there's no one watching even if the lights are out right yeah so it got back to them that I'd been fucking going in um, he's testifying to the fucking thing at this point shit and basically because I'm by extension part of this death threat now yeah. they're after me as well but because they've been to my house and they know where I live yeah I'm in fucking yeah some shit well I'm in proper trouble as well. I was obviously in proper trouble as well but it, that's my brother but yeah it got fucking proper digi so um, I had to move out for a few months I had to shit. yeah I had to take my kids I had to take my missus Damn. And we had to fucking leave it for a couple of months. Fuck. Yeah. Did it, got did it ever, like, the house ever get messed up or anything? Uh, no, the house was fine. I mean, it's, you've got to remember, this is a terrace in the middle of fucking Northampton, right? So yeah. if you think about those terrace roads, yeah. like, if anybody's coming and knocking on the front door, the houses are so close next to each other. Somebody's going to hit. Somebody's going to hit. And yeah. we, we weren't there, right? And yeah. I just, there was nothing, I wasn't growing anything. We just fucking up sticks. Um, I rented a fucking house up north and just fucking went and lived up there for a while. Oh, but yeah, for that, for that, for that, for that, for that couple of months, there was an active fucking contract out on me Damn. and our brother-in-law to be fucking taken out. Now, how did it fucking end? So the only yeah. reason it got fucking sorted was because number one, um, the after the trial went through and that, he got fucking charged, but he ended up getting a fucking one year. Um, uh, what's it Suspended. called? Yeah, suspended sentence, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. yeah. this lad hadn't been in trouble before, and it was basically just, um, he didn't get done for, yeah, I think he got done for ADH and not GBH, and that was the difference between him going, going away and having a suspended sentence, something like that, anyway. Damn. So that happened, so that calmed the situation down. Yeah. And the other thing that calmed the situation down was the fucking, um, the fact that the guys that were fucking putting the contract out on me, yeah. separately, this is where it gets even more complicated. There was a fucking um, major police investigation on the camp. I didn't know this, yeah. but they were also fucking selling guns. <laughs> right? So basically, they got fucking... After this police raid, they found their weed thing, obviously. They fucking got rid of that. Yes. And they found a million quid in cash and a whole fucking stash what? of guns. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was fucking... Yeah, so basically, I was fucking in the middle of it for a good fucking year, wow. and for a couple of months, there's a good fucking chance that if I'd have, if I'd have not disappeared, they would have found me, and I'd have been fucking seriously badly beaten up and fucking done in, 
Yeah, or they'd have fucking taken it. They were they were talking about fucking ending it. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I think about graph, yeah, and I think about all this, it's and I think so about my days, that it's not so bad at all. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a fucking. Um, but that's what makes me like wary of ever growing drugs again. Because if I ever did that, and they yeah. found out, they'd want a piece of it, and I'd have to fucking, I'd have to fucking get in it again. And go through all that again. And I don't really want to be in that. So mm. for the stress of it, and the f- and that's what put me off doing it as well. Much as I love it, because fucking growing weed is brilliant. Yeah. It really is. It's fucking lovely. The whole, you know, I, I really got properly green fingered. I, I think if yeah. they ever made it legal, yeah. I think if they ever made it legal, I'd probably do it as a business. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd go the whole fucking. Oh, hog. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would go in. I'd rent, a business, I'd rent a fucking unit on a business park. I'd fucking put yeah. a couple hundred grand in investment into it. I'd, I'd do it. To be fair, probably be be worth it. And, and if I and if I did it, I'd probably sell it in your shop. <laughs> uh, that, uh, <coughs> if it was legal. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. I reckon they've got to legal. They've got legalised at some point. They will do. It's too much money, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I've I've been thinking for a little while. Like, yeah. You could pay for the you could pay for the deficit in the national health service in a year with the amount that they'd sell off to the fucking the youth of this country if they made yeah. weed if they made weed properly legal. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? I can. I I, I would like to see a time when you go to Tesco's. Yeah. And, like, the last aisle that you get to, like, it's, like, it goes, like, fucking groceries, biscuits, ham, alcohol, like, weed. sensei. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sick. Just have a weed aisle. That'd be sick. And, yeah. and, and why not? Why not have a fucking weed aisle? You've got a fucking alcohol aisle. Yeah. People are fucking killing the livers. Yeah. You've got the dead liver oil. Why don't you have a dead lung oil? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mate, I I think there's potential for it, and do you think we can convince Tesco to move into that market? I think so. Do you think so? I think they're on it. Tesco extra. Uh, I mean, <laughs> pushing it a little with that, maybe, but the the prices will be a little bit more. They will, yeah, 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 <laughs> right, yeah. The, the the bags will be a lot smaller. It'll be like triple the price. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> every year the bags will get a little bit smaller. <laughs> Where'd you get your weed from? Tesco Extra? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Should have gone to Aldi, mate. Yeah, shit. Aldi, Aldi weed. Aldi weed. weed. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then they could do like the uh, the saver version as well. Like, you know, <laughs> the cheap version. What, like the in brand, the home brand weed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got like, the Sainsbury's own. Sainsbury's own. And then they've wins. got the, uh, the Sainsbury's everyday oh, that's special. Like, <laughs> that's jokes, man. The packaging's not as bright. And, that's uh, jokes. <laughs> Yeah, I would fully go into fucking Waitrose. I'd be like, give me the fucking Essentials Collection weed, please. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it'd be so funny. Uh, I think we've stumbled on a marketing genius idea there. Mate, if they don't legalise it after that. Are you listening? You're missing out. You're missing out. Let's get the <laughs> petition done. Let's get Thank cushion you, Tesco's. Yeah. I've seen their petitions for uh, for weed and stuff. Have you? 
Yeah, like over the years. Oh, right, not recently. Nah, nah, nothing recently. Oh, okay. Should have got on it with uh, lockdown one. Probably would have happened. Why don't we start a petition? Why don't we start a rumour that weed cures COVID? Mate, it probably does. It probably <laughs> let's does. See, let's see if we can get the government to back it as like a... <laughs> as like <laughs> a complementary therapy. <laughs> to make up a load of research. Honestly, Boris, I swear to God, <laughs> I had this spliff. I couldn't smell before it, but afterwards, rat is ruin. <laughs> Mate, yeah, that... COVID, like, taking people's sense of smell and yeah that's it can't taste up. yeah it's yeah. fucked that's terrifying man we live in a scary fucking time man but the thing that worries me though is you talk about covid but what's the next pandemic what's the next fucking animal to skip a fucking gene onto the human race that's going to be like you know covid's come from what bats was it yeah or you know well, what else do they eat in china what else do gets what what other freaky animals get eaten around the world because it's not just china is it like let's not just vilify china there's a lot of freaky shit getting eaten around the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, how long is it before you get fucking, you know, frog flu? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or fucking... How long is it before something else skips a fucking genome over to us and we end up fucking diseased by that? Well, it's just... We're going down the, the vegan argument. I think we? there'll come a point in the next 10 years where the only way we can actually hang out in a pub is if we're wearing a full Zorb. One of the things you run on the on a lake on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. Just your feet coming out the hole, and then like, like we just have a full like transparent like you know inflatable Shit. ball around you, and then a couple of holes out the side so you can get a pint from the bar. Shit. But that's all you'd have. See, I was thinking the other day, yeah, like, what if this what happened like a hundred years ago? Well, we'd have all died. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> really it's quickly. Like... But it did, though, didn't it? Spanish flu. Killed millions Whoa. of people. Yeah, is that the plague? No. Oh, shit. There was something... Yeah, no, the plague was oh. like... Are you talking about the bubonic plague? Yeah, like proper fuck. Yeah, that killed a lot of people. Uh... Yeah, that jumped from rats. That oh, was, was fleas it? on rats, wasn't it? Yeah, and so it's it like caused one third big... of the... Yeah, killed, killed millions and millions of people. people, I'm sure. And, it, and, it, and like everybody that died got massive pustules under their arms. Yeah. What a horrible way to go. It's fucked up. Like, yeah. just, like, constantly, like, walking around like that because it's too sore to put your arms down. Yeah, fuck that. It probably wouldn't be like that, would it? Oh, I don't know. If it's under your arms, I'd... Yeah. I'd be Imagine. like that. I'd be like, oh, my bubonic plague's playing up. <laughs> <laughs> All day, just like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone looks like they're chilling. <laughs> You're looking relaxed now. I've just got the plague, mate. Oh no! Sit up straight. No, I can't. I can't. It hurts too much. Please. No, the plague killed a lot of people. But then, yeah. Spanish flu, which was like, I, I want to say like early 1900s. My history is shit, but I think it's like yeah. something like that. Yeah. Killed millions and millions of people, and like they were saying, like COVID, like without like modern hospitals therapies and like technology if you think about it like if covid had happened like at the start of the century you wouldn't have found out about it until a month later yeah because yeah. the newspapers wouldn't have been able to catch up fast enough yeah it's true by the time it had been written in the newspapers like three million people are dead and they go oh shit we've got a problem yeah now scary, now like three people are dead and it goes on twitter yeah, it's true. It's like three people I know have just died of a strange cough. Oh, yeah. shit, that must be a new plague. 
It's crazy, isn't it? It's mad the way that we can get access to information now. Yeah. But that's but that's why we're all still alive. Yeah. Yeah. From it's you know mental. Mental, like Yeah. But you had COVID. I don't know. I'm I don't I, know if I, I, I did. reckon you had it. I reckon because I was You took you, you said you said you Ill. were a best door. I was ill. You said you were properly, properly. I, was, I went, like me and Moe's went, we went and walked through a field and then another field and we had to cross a river and we had to cross another river and we had to balance along fucking what felt like dead bodies all wrapped up in the middle of a field. It was weird as fuck, which hopefully this is okay. It's was this balanced. a dream or is this real? This is real. Yeah. And like, it was cold as shit and... I, like we, I made him stop. I was like, "We got to stop for a minute because I can't breathe." Like, had to stop and sit down and like put all my stuff down because I was like, "I can't." That's what breathe. makes me think you had it because you had problems breathing. Yeah, it was horrible, man. Like yeah, man. going on a fucking and you were mission. Out, you, and you were stupid. Mission. So, so this is this is like this is when you think about like the dedication that a graffiti writer goes to. Yeah, COVID <laughs> went out couldn't breathe. <laughs> And went out on a fucking mission. Yeah. Don't give me any excuses. No excuses. No excuses. I mean, lockdown. That's yeah, man. That's I, get, I, get a sniff, <laughs> I get a sniffle and I go to bed early. That's that's my level. See, I should do that. No. But no, we you went out. To. We went and walked. On it. It was a proper walk as well. Like, it? yeah. <laughs> Such a mission. Like, I had to walk through, I think there was at least three fields. Like I said, we had to cross a river and another river and then some mad... It's just... It was, was it a bear hunt? hunt. <laughs> I mean, it was dodgy, I can tell you that. Like, we were looking up and we could see security, like, walking around and stuff. And we're just down here, like, oh, shit. Oh, and I took my ladder because you can see it from the road. And it looks... We are like, oh, it looks kind of big. So I've got to bring my ladder. Yeah. Didn't need a ladder, it wasn't that big at all. Wasn't that big? No, no. no. So I dragged this fucking ladder the whole way. <laughs> Didn't need it. Pushing yeah. the scaff down the side of the road. Trust me. It's just stopped again. Yeah, probably should. Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, probably should, really. Uh... I'm having a lovely chat, mate. This is really nice. Hey, yeah, this is decent. How long have we gone so far? Oh, bloody hell, If we've done more than an hour, we should probably think about wrapping it up. I think it's been more than an hour. It's, what time is it now? 22, 22 uh, Oh, it's been an hour and a half. It's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Well, maybe we should... Is, is it recording again now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so maybe, maybe we should think about a good way to end it. Got to talk about something positive. What was the... What, the future. What, what have we not talked about that you really wanted to talk about? Ah, oh, we need what? to get a story. I, t- I tell you what. That's what we need. What's up? We need a story. From who? What, from me? From you. Okay. Like a, a graph story. A graph story. Okay. A, graph a, gra- story. a proper graph story. Yeah. A decent graph story. Right, maybe maybe two graph stories depending on how positive the first one is. Okay. Like, Let- a positive at least. Okay, I'll give, you a, I'll give you my negative one first then. Go for it. Okay. So, uh, um, so basically, I, 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 um, I fell down a manhole and I broke my ribs. Um, and it was the closest I've come to death painting, basically. Fuck. 
not because it was particularly high or you know it's just the fucking the fact that um god yeah this so basically i nearly punched my lungs with this rusty manhole cover i didn't oh. punch it but it was my weight of my body going down so yeah. um there, there was a derelict factory in northampton in molton which was um just this fucking amazing spot yeah. and it was a proper playground and i used to go there regularly i take a few writers there we introduced a load of people into it and it got fucked up and demolished in the end. But for a, for a good year and a half, couple of years, we had the run of it. And I went there literally, I think the week after the company moved out, like it was fucking fresh. Like there was still fucking coffee cups in the canteen. That That's how fucking clean and fucking like left they'd left it. They'd taken the machines out of the factory, obviously. Yeah. And that had all been stripped, but like there were no broken windows. Like by the end, it was completely fucking. It basically all but been burnt to the ground. Yeah. So anyway, this place was amazing. Now at the front, um, you had like a normal path, and like the front of the building, there was a turnstile to get into it at the end. Oh, okay. And if you didn't want to be seen by the other factories across the road, which are still open. Yeah. I'd go and paint in the day, right? I didn't want to go and paint at night because it's a fucking... It was freaky at night, It's man. freaky fuck that at night, right? But and, and also, it's fucking dark in there. Like, if you want to paint like, and get a decent shot, you have to go in the day. So anyway, so I've gone in there in the day yeah. and I'm walking along the pavement and for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to just dart across the grass quickly when nobody was looking. Just a quick move across the grass to get to the turnstile uh, you know, in front of these offices that fronted this factory. So very innocuous, wouldn't expect anything from it. Couple of trees next to it, it just real quick move. So I stepped off the path and go, right, I'm making a bolt for this while no one's looking. As I bolt across, I step on this manhole and it was rusty to fuck and it gave way. Shit. And it gave way like I stepped in the middle of it and the two bits of metal, if you can imagine, Basically, as it snapped, it went down like that, but the triangular bits of metal pivoted and came up. So I went in the middle of this, and these two triangular bits of metal came up like that, vertically. Shit, yeah. Yeah, and I came down and landed on one of these bits of fucking metal, yeah. and it went straight into my fucking ribs and broke them. Shit. Yeah, now initially, uh, and I had my backpack on, so like I smashed that, and then it fucking sort of sort of fell backwards and fell. So I didn't actually go into the manhole. I didn't go down into the drain. Yeah. That's what stopped me from go going down. But I did scratch all my fucking leg all the way into on the metal cover or going in. Yeah. And I thought I'd punch in my lung. Like I was literally... It hurts. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, at this point, I'm suspended, if you can imagine. Like I'm halfway in the drain. I've yeah. got this metal thing poking into my chest. Yeah. I've got the rucksack here. So... I'm really fucking cumbersome. I can't move around. I've got no traction under my feet. I'm basically fucking stuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm wedged, like, here with my fucking thing. And I'm in shock as well, because it's just fucking happened like that. Yeah. Like, I've stepped on it, and like, literally, because I've been walking across, I've just gone, boof, I've gone straight through it. Wow. So, um, anyway, so I managed to get out of it in the end. I'd fucking waddled my way out. Realised I've not fucking punched my lung. Realised that I've just been a fucking stupid cunt. And I think, well, I don't feel too bad. Um, I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go and paint. Fucking hell, man. I'm in not, I'm not in a good state of mind, right? So I'm yeah. in a bit of a wobbly state of mind. Um, 
I am in pain. I have done. I feel like I've done something to my ribs, but you know, I I, I couldn't feel like I've broken them at that point. You, yeah. When you first break your ribs, it doesn't feel like you've broken them. The it's only like two days later when the bruising kicks in and it fucking really fucking hurts. Yeah. But initially, didn't feel it, and so I'm like, oh, I'll go and fucking paint. Yeah. So I go and paint. Cover turns up. Yeah. So the other guy I mentioned earlier on that I mentored me earlier on was was cover and, and pens i must shout these two guys up because if it wasn't for these two i wouldn't be in graph oh. doing doing it in in a way that you know I, i'm doing it now it's down to them that gave me some good education as yeah. well cover came in he's like what the fuck are you doing he's i'm like what do you mean he's and, I, and i'm like and i didn't realize but i'm painting like doubled over painting one-handed like this he's like are you all right and i'm like no i think i've done something to my ribs <laughs> anyway, so like a fucking dickhead, I finished this piece, I'm chatting to him. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go home. I'm fucking, I'm not in a good way. Yeah. Now, this is how much of a fucking dickhead I am. So, like, <laughs> so not only have I fucking broken my ribs, I didn't drive there, by the way. No? No, I went on my son's fucking scooter. Like, his fucking what, like like, metal, metal scooter. Yeah, like, Shut up. That's, that's too small for me. So I've gone from my house. Scooter there. <laughs> Scooter. From here. No. I walked across the field. I've gone down to fucking college. Yeah. I've then gone down. I'll fucking tell you where I live. Gone to fucking. Beat that out. Yeah. I went to fucking. Industrial estate. Yeah. Um, I went basically. And, and fucking it was carried it when I went fucking down so I must have dropped it anyway on the way back I'm riding this scooter my ribs fucking killing me I, I must have got 100 metres and I've gone no I've actually hurt myself I rang my wife and I'm like would you come and pick me up oh, and so she comes right. and picks me up takes me home I'm like yeah I think I've done and so I went to the doctors yeah you've broken your ribs cue six weeks of fucking not being able to sleep properly and fucking Fuck. so yeah. Is it exciting? I didn't, you know, nobody got electrocuted, but yeah, I was a tit, and yes, I did nearly punch in my lung, and it did fucking hurt. Fuck. Could have gone so much worse. It could, like... The worst thing is I was on my own. Yeah. Because it's all right if you're with a couple of people, Yeah. but if you go to a derelict factory, and I suppose the other positive was I was at the front. Yeah. Right? So, like, if I had, like, seriously had a problem, somebody would have heard me screaming. Yeah. And they'd have come and found me. Yeah. But if I was in the factory... Yeah. ...on my own, and I'd fallen down a manhole, that's a different fucking story. Yeah, that's fucking scary, man. Yeah, and I highly recommend that, like, if you're going to go out painting on your own, mm. particularly in abandoned spots... Yeah. ...you just never know, man. You just never know, like some of these little holes and traps and that that exist that you'd never know until you stick your foot in them, and and you're on your own. And um, you, yeah, much, I've had a few. Yeah, I've had a few like it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not fucking, quite to that extent. It's, it's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's serious. Okay, yeah. so that's that's my negative story. Yeah. Um. Let me tell you about a positive story. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you about a positive story. So. One of the best nights I've ever had painting in my life was yeah. was that with with was a with a mutual friend. Okay. Uh, actually, no, I've had many good nights, but like this one sticks out particularly, um, and not because it's a fantastic story, just because it's a good memory, and it's a and it and it and it was just the whole thing was just 
just brilliant. I'll, I'll never forget. Good times. Good times, man. Yeah. Seriously, good times. Uh, but uh, and it was when I did. Um, I went and painted a freight. Okay. Okay. So I went and painted a freight, and um, me and our mutual friend. Yeah. Mister uh, uh, Lover Lover. <laughs> Love oh, heart this this guy. This guy. Um, so. Uh, we heard about this spot and we were like, okay, we'll go and check it out. So we went till it got dark and we went and met up. Yeah. And um, we both had our stuff with us and we just did the typical thing of just going for a little walk and a chat, a catch up. Cause you know, as you know, he's a lovely guy. We always get on and we just had a little catch up as we're walking to the spot. Yeah. And we just, we're just walking along on the basis that we were going to scope the spot. Yeah. And then come back at a later date when we knew how to get in there. Cause we knew that, Knew there was a get on. We knew there was a get on, and we knew that at some point there would be a train there. And we were like, "Well, if we just work out the route, and then we've got it in the bag for next time." You know, so, right? Bit of bit, bit, bit of homework, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going on the route. We're just like walking along. It's a fucking moonlit night, yeah. and this is why it also sticks out was because you know them nights when it's full moon. And, and it may as light, and it may as well be daylight. Yeah, because it's so fucking bright, you can see everything. Yeah, it was one of them. Sick, perfectly clear, no clouds, just fucking lovely. Anyway, we're bombing along. We get to the spot, and we, and we're like, as we're walking up to the bridge, like, because it's a raised bridge, like, to where you get to this spot, the like, um, the, the 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 sort of the track comes up, and then you the, the footpath track comes up, and then you've got the railway line running above you. Nice. And the track goes into the under, un, underground bridge, right? Okay. Uh, into the footbridge underneath the track. I'm making a really shit job of explaining this. It's a oh, subway. No, I know what you mean. It's a subway. It sounds... okay. It's a subway underneath the fucking line. Okay. In the yeah. middle of nowhere, in the countryside. Yeah. Right. So you've got the you've got the bank of the train and the and the woodland either side, but there's a tunnel straight ahead. Yeah. Now, left of that, obviously, you've got the bank that goes up to the tracks. Yeah. Right, so there's a fucking easy get. There could not be an easier get on. Okay. Because even though there's a wire fence at the top, yeah. actually where the top of the tunnel is, you can easily just go at the top, just go round it. It's just... A, <laughs> sick. It's, it. it's sick as fuck. So we got there. It's not like that now. Oh. We did bait the spot out, but that's a different spot. That's a different, um, uh, a different story because we went back later. But on this first occasion, which was a lovely occasion, yeah. It was empty. It was piss easy to get on. Beautiful night. And we got there and there was a fucking train there. Oh shit. Literally sat waiting for us. Like no not not way. and this didn't then become a recce session. This was okay, we're actually doing it here while we're now we've we've here got now. we've got paint, we're here, we Let's can fucking it. see that it's fucking easy. The train's here, we can get straight on. Yeah. Uh, we, and, and the thing is as well that the um, the freight had pulled up next to one of the, you know that you get the um, you get the empty cars so the ones that are just the fucking the wheels and the fucking flatbed yeah next to the fucking freight no way so not only did we have somewhere to stand <laughs> at fucking train level we weren't at track level no we're on a fucking way. right so it's the perfect setup <laughs> and the bit that was set up where we were standing on it was opposite to the main line. So we were totally out of view of anything. No, we were behind no. the freight yeah. on a fucking uh, on a fucking flatbed uh, carriage. What the fuck? Right? Moonlit. Easy get on. 
We'd had a lovely time talking, getting there, and we just stumbled across it like it was just fucking Christmas. Love it. That And that, for me, is my best moment in graphic. It was like a graffiti Christmas card. <laughs> right? It, the only thing that was missing was the falling snowflakes. It was such a romantic scene <laughs> that I could have kissed him that night. It was so, We were both like, we couldn't believe our luck. We were like, we were walking along there on the basis we were going to scope it out for a future day. Yeah. And just um, and it just stumbled across just to be that perfect moment of everything had been laid out for us. Like, do you want to paint, lads? No way. Would you like? Would you like the perfect height to paint at and the easiest get on possible? That is insane. That, that was my favourite oh. night um, of, 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 of great. And that and that that for me was perfect. The perfect everything. Yeah, yeah. Company, decent spot. Yeah. You know, easy get on, easy nice get on, night, freight that ran, and we then subsequently saw running because we paint. You know where we paint down at GX that we yeah. talked about earlier on. Yeah, where you stand there, that line runs down it. No, it didn't go fast. Me and me, <laughs> yeah, me and I have seen it twice. Oh shit! I've seen both of our throws and tags. The whole fucking thing's gone past twice. So we've had the experience of... So this is the other great thing about it. We had the experience yeah. of painting it in the perfect situation. Yeah. Then we had the experience of standing there and watching it on a couple of locations... On a couple of occasions, sorry. While we were painting a legal wall. <laughs> and it went past while we were with other people and we went... That's sick. It was fucking banging. That's sick. It's so those little moments for me uh, are just... And I'm sure, like... I mean, uh, fucking hell, I've scratched the surface of graffiti compared to what most people have done. In so I'm by no means claiming anything. I'm by <laughs> no means putting myself in any... But I'm just saying that for me, my personal feeling about that was a, just a beautiful moment that I shared with one of my bit. personal friends. It was just a great time. Damn. Yeah, man. That's sick. That is sick. Yeah, man. Damn. Wow, that's, uh, that feels like a good place to stop recording that's been a great it's, it's flown man I've loved this chat it's been great it's been sick yeah, yeah. man thank yeah. you thank you now I've got to learn how to edit and uh, edit all that stuff <laughs> sick <laughs>